Good afternoon everyone in YouTube world. This has been the most incredibly difficult video I have made in my four years of being on YouTube. Thank you YouTube for allowing me the privilege to be on your venue. I deeply appreciate it and I deeply appreciate all my subscribers, all my viewers, and all my jumper honors, the people that just happen to stop by. This video is a Layla. You see, let me pray because this is really a challenge. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ and by the holy blood of our Lord God and Savior, I ask you to cover me, cover my home, cover my voice, my mind, my body, soul, and spirit to deliver this message in the way you wish it to be brought forth to the people, Lord God. I pray against any and all interruptions and any and all distractions in my mind and in my environment. I ask that the viewers watch this and listen carefully. I ask you to help me read the scriptures properly and explain them as best I can as we go, for I am not a theologian, I am just a servant of the Most High God for 57 years that you have blessed me to serve you. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen and amen. Okay, my dear people, three days ago I had a visitor, this lady I have known, her name is Karen. Karen and I have been the best of friends, the best of friends for about 40 years. We have visited in each other's homes. We have uh, everything. The only thing different that we have is this. <clears throat> Karen used to be, like I am now, very Pentecostal in nature. And then she veered away from it and went more into the Baptist way of uh, belief. Which is, you know, that's her choice and that is the way it is. So we have... The only differences we have would be that. And in, in the scheme of things, in relationship to being born again through the Lord Jesus Christ and being, uh, you know, one with Jesus and believing all the tenets and doctrines of the faith, the Christian faith, we have all that in common, completely in common. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> anyway, while we were visiting... The most unusual thing happened. Believe me, this would never happen in a hundred years unless God was in control. Now, I told you a short while ago that recently God gives me pictures. Sometimes, you know, he will speak by the Holy Spirit into our ears, into our mind, or by the Word of God, which he still does, of course. Uh, Sometimes God will give a vision or a dream. There's a lot of people on YouTube that have dreams. Now, I'm not a big believer in dreams, although, yes, I do consider them. If somebody says that they have a dream from God, which I have had, but very occasionally, I will consider it. But I'm more, I'm more than that, I consider visions, because God said, you know, in the last days, he, he will give prophecies even to the women, He'll give dreams and visions to the men and so forth and so forth. Well, anyway, he gives gifts. The Holy Spirit gives gifts severally as he wills. It is his will, God's will, 
to give us spiritual gifts. So if he wants to give us a vision, <clears throat> that's exactly what he'll do. So the other day, as I was visiting with Karen at the kitchen table, sitting across, um, I started to there started to form a vision in my mind's eye, just in my mind's eye. So I put my hand up and I said, Karen, I said, just just don't don't say anything because I'm getting I'm getting a picture from the Lord. And so everything was quiet, and I want to tell you what I saw. Now, what I saw, I'm going to back up with scripture as best that I can. Because the scriptures that I will read are even a bit difficult. These scriptures are a bit difficult to interpret. But first, I'm going to tell you the, the vision. This shakes me to my core. This makes me sad and it makes me wondering what steps to take next. Now, in prior videos a few months ago, I mentioned to you that we may be leaving the state of Washington. That still stands. I am not going to go into detail, but even as I speak, it stands even more. And it stands even more since I received what I received. It's been a weird day. It's been a really weird day. It's been... The weather has been out of the ordinary even. Every, everything is out of joint. Everything is out of the ordinary. And before I tell you the vision, I want to say if you feel extra pressure in your life and you're just being pressured from one end and then another end and you're just feeling crunched and you can't keep up with things, there's so many things to keep up with and you're just, you're just almost tormented with these continual pressures in your life. Well, that, the word for pressure is tribulation. The word for tribulation in the Bible is pressure. Look it up in your concordance. So everything's in high pressure lately. Here's the vision. I saw a field. I saw a field of lovely brown soil. I'm a gardener. So when I saw this lovely brown soil, rich soil, I thought, oh, that's really pretty. And then I saw plants. They looked a little bit like corn, like corn stalks. And I saw them popping up, germinating. They were all germinating, coming to life. In other words, when you plant a seed, it's got to come to life. Jesus said, except you plant a seed of, or a, a grain of uh, wheat, you know, it's got to be planted first, and then it grows. So what I saw in my vision had been planted by God. And what I saw were lives, human lives, being represented by living plants. So these plants began to pop up out of this rich brown soil. And they were more in the center of the field, although few were on the outskirts, 
you know, around about. And then I see these other plants that are of the same venue, the same variety, I, I should say, the same variety, and they're now popping up more around the edges, more around the edges, and they're stronger, and they're taller, and they're brighter in color. And they look healthier. They look a lot healthier and a lot bigger. They were like three times. Okay, the plants in the middle were maybe about, say, eight inches high. The plants around the edge were more, more like a foot high. Stronger and healthier and brighter. And as I saw the plants in the middle, they began to get tired and they began to wither a little bit. They didn't die standing there in the ground. They weren't dead, but they began to weaken a little and some of them were kind of slumped over, you know, like uh, when a plant doesn't receive enough nourishment, it doesn't receive enough, you know, uh, life from the soil, it begins to kind of wither and then pretty soon it'll kind of tip over and it'll it'll still be alive but it won't be healthy. It will not be as healthy as these strong plants around the edges that were still standing very strong and very bright and very healthy. And then suddenly, this is what, this is the hard part. Suddenly I saw a huge hand, a man's hand, came down out of heaven and began to pluck up the weak plants. And he would pluck up a handful, and then he'd turn his hand up and send these plants to heaven. And then again, his hand would come down, and he'd pluck more. He did this, I think, three times. He'd pluck more, return them to heaven, and then finally, again and then that was all and that left the strong plants standing but the weaker ones the tired ones that were just tired wore out weak God had plucked them up with his holy hand personally removing them and taking them to his holy heaven so I told that, let me think, I believe that was, that was all, of, that was all. And then, then the vision faded and everything disappeared and I looked at Karen and I said, wow. I said, what do you think about that? And I told her, you know, exactly what I'd seen. And I kind of spoke it as I was actually viewing it. And everybody got the same interpretation as I did. I told it to my son James, to Karen. I haven't told it to my other children yet. But what I, what I believe it represented was simply what I'm going to read. In, in the mercy and the foreknowledge of our sovereign God, 
who is omnipresent and omnipotent, meaning he knows everything, he knows the inner intent of each human heart, Christian or not, but particularly the Christians all address now. He is sovereign, he knows all things. He knows past, present, and future. Jesus Christ shed his blood on the old rugged cross, and every drop of that blood that touched whosoever would receive him as Lord and Savior. Their sins are forgiven, not only past and present, but also future. And you might argue with me until you're blue in the face, and I stand as a testimony to that, that my sins from the moment I received Jesus Christ in the kitchen of my own home with a profound, glorious, born-again experience, from that moment till the moment I die and take my last breath, all my sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. So the sins I commit tomorrow as I repent and I do when I sin as I repent my sins are forgiven but in God's foreknowledge and by the power of the blood applied to me from the time I received Jesus as Savior my sins even future are forgiven and so are yours if you stay faithful to him if you stay faithful to Jesus he will stay faithful to you so in my vision, we will get back to my vision, the weak plants that God removed in his foreknowledge are the people, are his people. I'm talking Christian people now, and only the born-again believers. I'm not talking about the non-believer walking down the street. I'm talking about believers, people that know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Those that have finished their mission on earth. Those that have accomplished the jobs that God Almighty, through the Spirit of God, has given them to do. God is going to remove. Those that are tired and worn and maybe sickly, and they just can't fight anymore. They are, they are worn to the, to the last breath, you might say. They're just they're tired out. They're weary. They, they just really don't even want to carry on because they're just wore out. And yet they're so faithful to Jesus. They're still faithful. And they're still serving him as best they can. But in God's mercy, he's also going to remove that group of people. And then those, unfortunately, they're still Christian, but those that are lukewarm... They think 90% of the time about the things of the world and the fun that they're going to have tomorrow night or tonight, you know, the fun and games they're going to have, all the new things they're going to buy and all the non-Christian friends they're going to be with and blah, blah, so on and so on, you know what I mean. Many of those are going to be removed because they're not serving the Lord. They still believe in Jesus as their Savior. But when they go to heaven, their rewards will be very minimal, very, very few. Because we receive rewards according, Jesus Christ says, according to the things done in our body. That's how he will reward us when we go to heaven. Now the plants on the outside more, on the perimeter, 
the strong stalwart ones, they still may be tired, but they haven't quite finished the job that God has given them to do. And they're going to stand until their job is done. And they're the fighters. They fight through the hard times. And they pray through. And they get up and they say, okay, okay God, what do you want me to do today? And you know, in that vision, as I was explaining and speaking out what I was seeing, I felt the Holy Spirit so strong on me. I just, especially in my arms and in my hands, I just felt the Holy Spirit so strong. And when God gave me the interpretation of the, the strong plants, He said, these are the ones I'm going to leave. They will be here until the very end. They who endure to the end shall be saved, is what Jesus himself said. Now, I can't specifically tell you how God is going to remove the weaker ones. Possibly some will die, possibly they all will. I'm not certain. I, I believe that that more than likely will be the case. But God will always have a remnant that will serve him. He'll always have that smaller number out of the whole number, that smaller number called the remnant, that will serve him until the very end. Now, like I say, I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to read some scripture. And I can't run out of time, <clears throat> so I have to get along with this. The first scripture will be in Daniel, and uh, <clears throat> this is in Daniel chapter 11, <clears throat> and don't you get plugged up on me, throat, in Jesus' name. Okay, in Daniel chapter 11, this is speaking of the end of days, and I will begin at verse 32. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. In other words, they'll show the truth. And they'll show the lie from the truth. They'll be truth seekers. They will be strong and do exploits. They will stand up for what's right, no matter what the cost. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many. Yet they shall fall by the sword, and by flame, and by captivity, and by spoil, for many days. But now when they fall, they shall be help, helped with a little help. But many shall cleave to them with flatteries. And some of, my, some of understanding shall fall to try them, to purge and make them white even to the time of the end, because it is yet for the time appointed. So some will remain, and they will go through this process. And I like the last verse here. And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them, to purge and make them white. 
and even to the time of the end, because it is yet for a time appointed. So there's going to become there's going to come changes. This is what I see as I'm speaking now. I see the word changes. There's going to be many changes take place in the people, in the people that are a part of the body of Jesus Christ. You're going to be, many of you are going to be shown different directions by the Holy Spirit that you didn't plan to take. You're going to be given words from the Spirit of God that you never intended to hear or to obey. And then you're going to pray and you're going to ask God, what does this mean? And by the power of the Holy Spirit, God's going to tell you <clears throat> what all this means. As he's going to be changing some of you, rearranging your lives. Some of you are going to move away from where you're living now. And listen, people, don't let people intimidate you and don't let people manipulate you like they try to do with me and try to make you think that you're a coward if you move, if God tells you to leave where you're living now to move to a different place because in the Bible, Abraham was told to leave his country. Lot was told to leave. I mean, throughout the, Jonah was told to leave. Throughout the Bible, many people were told to leave their home and to go to someplace else. That's not a sin and that's not wrong. You just do what you need to do to follow God. If he tells you to stay where you are, then you stay where you are and you trust the Lord. Now we're going to read a beautiful, encouraging scripture from Isaiah. And this goes along with the one I just read that's rather heavy and rather uh, concerning, shall I say. You know, the Christian word for worry is concern. Did you know that? Did you know we're kind of hypocritical that way? Jesus said not to worry and fret not. Well, that's true. We shouldn't worry and fret. But on the other hand, it's kind of funny because Christians do worry. But instead of using that word, they use the word concern, which is okay. But there's nothing wrong with being really concerned about something. That's just part of human nature. If we weren't concerned about things, we'd never think things through. We wouldn't make changes. So there's nothing wrong with being concerned. Okay. Now here's beautiful scriptures in Isaiah chapter 43. But now thus saith the Lord, he that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, which is us, for we're spiritual Israel. We're all grafted in as one into spiritual Israel when we receive Jesus. The Lord said, fear not. In other words, you can be concerned, but don't let it turn to fear. Because when it turns to fear, that can become sinful and that can become paralyzing and when you go into that kind of fear then you go into denial and then when you go into denial then you just don't do anything 
even if God told you to do something, you'd become so fearful, you'd become a denier, because you wouldn't, you'd be so scared, you wouldn't want to do what God told you to do, because you'd be afraid to do it. Think about it. It makes sense if you understand what I'm saying. So, for God says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. I'm going to read that again. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, for you are mine. And, you know, as much as you love your kids, how much more God loves you, you are his. And this beautiful passage in Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. And I'll end there in verse 3. So no matter what we have to go through, walk through the waters, walk through the rivers, walk through the floods, go through the fires, do not fear. For God says, I have redeemed you, for you are mine. And he'll be with us no matter what we have to walk through, what we have to go through, what we have to endure. Especially if you're one of the strong ones. And you might think, the battle's not worth it. It's just too hard. I'd rather be a weak one and just go. I'd rather be a weak one and just go to heaven. You know, I have to admit, there are days I've thought that. I'm not going to fib to you. I'm not as... I'm 80 years old, and hey, I've lost a lot of strength. I've lost strength in my body, and I've even lost some strength mentally. That's just part of the process as we age. And occasionally I think about, wow, I'd love to be in heaven with you, Lord. This is getting awful hard down here. The pressure is getting too much. I don't know if I'm a weak one or a strong one. Really, I don't. But God knows. He knows exactly who we are. He knows the inner intent of our heart. And he knows how much that we can take. And he knows what we're equipped for. And you know, you might think you don't have a ministry. I want to tell you another ministry I have. And I hope I don't run out of time. I have envelopes. And in the envelopes I put either little cards with scriptures on them. That hopefully lead a person to receive Jesus as their Savior. Or I put in a little shit track which is a little booklet you read, which leads people to Jesus. And then I include a little bit of money. It's usually, excuse me, it's usually $3, maybe, maybe if God extends it to 10 but it's usually around 3 to $5. And I go through town and I ask the Holy Spirit to lead me to give this little packet to whoever he wishes me to give it to. I have had such wonderful experiences doing that. You, you would be amazed at who God leads you to. And uh, I don't have time to tell you those stories, but 
that's a little part also of my ministry. So listen, if you think you don't have a ministry, you don't have to put money in an envelope. Uh, even, you know, three, four dollars can add up. But here's the deal. You um, have a voice and you have a heart and you have a mind. You can tell people about Jesus Christ and salvation or you can write letters and write it and send it to your unsaved relatives. For lack of time, I won't go into this, but there's a lot of things you can do to have a ministry. So just carry on and God knows who you are in that field, that beautiful brown field of soil, which is this beautiful earth that was should be beautiful. But anyway, who you are and he's going to make your calling and election sure whether you are you know the small ones or the taller stronger ones do not fear God has your life all planned out he knows the end from the beginning he knows the day you'll go to heaven and the way you'll go to heaven and it will be glorious. <laughs> it will be more than wonderful. And it will more than make everything you've been through worth it all. So my dear people, be encouraged in Jesus Christ and just keep on keeping on. Just keep on keeping on. And God is going to make sure that you reach heaven and the, and then and then we return with Jesus at the second coming read revelation that's glorious too and you'll see when we return back and help him establish the kingdom of God and make this earth new and beautiful as it was even in the garden of eden God's going to redeem people and his earth.